Today, I'm excited uh, because we have, uh, hey, he's one of my very best friends, and, but he's also a powerful minister. He's a home life leader. He runs the whole AV department. He does all kinds of stuff around here. You just can't even imagine how this place would not even function without him. And, uh, but he's got a good word from the Lord today. I know he does. And, uh, and so let's give a big, warm welcome to our very own Lauren Lindsay. On my Amazon account, I actually changed my name to Mr. Lauren Lindsay because I thought that would help with some confusion. You might not understand unless your name is Lauren. There's a joke there, but it's real. I live it. Lauren and then Lindsay, come on. <clears throat> I just celebrated a birthday. Hey, Wednesday. When's my birthday? So what that means is that I have now and continue to break records set by those people that told me I was never going to make it, I was never going to get anywhere, I was never going to be anywhere in life. You know, I just keep breaking those records. So if you're older than me, you're just breaking more records than me. That's all. It's, it's just a day. I also celebrated an anniversary. I have been married for 18 years. <clears throat> Longer than Bob and Deb, just so you know. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, <clears throat> I have an amazing wife, Stephanie. She's running the uh, video production words and things today. So if you had words and they were on time, that was from Stephanie. If they weren't on time, it was my fault. Um, so uh, we, I, I was going to tell you a lot of things about Stephanie and how amazing she is, but then that would take my whole sermon and then that bumped Scott a week and it'd be a whole thing. So I'll just tell you a little bit about our two wonderful little boys. Um, Stephanie, uh, there's supposed to be like a picture of you on the screen for our anniversary. There we go. That was our anniversary at some point in time. It wasn't this year. I, I found that. That's not this year. Uh, our anniversary was not at that fancy place. Um, but uh, anyways, we have two boys, Liam and Ethan. Uh, Liam is the oldest one sitting closest to you. And Ethan is in the passenger seat where he always sits. Something about siblings there. Um, I think we got some more pictures. That's Liam. I like taking photos, and uh, I take pretty good snotty photos sometimes with cookie on your face, you know. I like that stuff. Um, Ethan and Liam. This was uh, us going camping. We went camping recently, and uh, this was about an hour or so before we left. Uh, Ethan got in the truck and put a seatbelt on and said, we're ready to go. And so we're, you can't see. We were still actually packing up. Uh, the picture in the middle is Liam uh, catching a fish. Let's put it like that. Um, and uh, a wonderful giant fish. And then um, uh, I told you about the 18 years with my wife, but there was 18 years that I had with something that was kind of near and dear to my heart as a car guy. I recently sold my truck. There she is. Uh, we were together almost, you know, 18 and a half years. It's a little longer than me and Stephanie, sort of. Um, she was a good truck. She did a lot of things for people. We helped a lot of people. She was faithful. She always started. She didn't die or pass away. She was blessed to another person. So she's still out there helping somebody else and hopefully doing the Lord's work. And um, we just believe that she is uh, going to keep running and smoking tires and all kinds of stuff that she likes to do. Um, but uh, as a car person, you kind of get attached to these things. And if you've ever had a car for 18 years, it's a long time. And man, the time just goes by really fast. 
It makes me start thinking again about my kids and how fast time goes. This really has nothing to do with my message, so I hope it ministers to you in some way. Um, but uh, I started to notice the more time I spent with my kids and my silly Ethan and stuff, I, I started to notice that as I drew closer to the Lord, I started to understand what he sees in us. When he looks down and he's like, oh man, that's going to hurt. Don't do it. Oh, look at them. He fell down again. And he looks at us and he says, come on, you can do it. It's just right here. You just keep coming. Keep coming. You can do it. You can do it. And as he watches us cross those finish lines that he's cheered us on for and how proud he is of us, I start to feel not like God, but you understand, I feel commune. I feel common. I feel part of him. I actually started to feel like maybe I was made in him, his image. We are supposed to feel that way. And it's not about having kids, but it's about having accomplishments and seeing yourself in the way uh, God sees you. I'll get to my notes in a minute, by the way. <clears throat> Something in here. Um, the crazy thing about God that I have noticed is he has this unusually hilarious and strange imagination. Because a person or a God entity that could create tigers, I mean, that's impressive. Have you ever seen a full-grown tiger? I mean, you know, if you watch Tiger King, yeah, 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 whatever. Um, but if you've seen, like, a baby tiger, you know, they're super cute and all that kind of stuff, or a lion, you know, they're super cute. But if you see a full-grown male tiger, it's impressive and threatening and very, very scary. Even though they're behind giant steel bars or whatever at the zoo, and you're looking at them, if you look at that tiger in the eyes, you know what your McDonald's feels like. <clears throat> you can think on that. The same God that created that tiger created an elephant. That's a goofy looking animal. Of course, that's what the elephant says about me whenever I go to the zoo. Um, he also created the giraffe, which I think, like, if unicorns could exist, they should because giraffes exist. I mean, that thing, what, same amount of bones as like a human back in its neck and like or our neck is in their neck. It's crazy. You can look it up. That's imagination. How does he not have this crazy, amazing imagination? And you know what? He shares his dreams and his visions, and he enlightens us in ways, too. He doesn't just share his dreams with the tigers and the giraffes and the things he created. He shares them with us. We're created in his image. We have the same imagination, right? We should. I mean, I would think. I think so. Because I know we have seen, some of you, have seen the unseen. You have seen God move in your life in a way that doesn't make sense by normal paper. If you have to write it down, people are like, that person is crazy because nothing you said makes sense. You've had a not car accident. For those of you that have had one of those, for me it's been a couple where I don't know how the people didn't hit me. Things don't make sense. I have seen things that are definitely unseen. I've heard a new song in my heart. God shared with us songs 
And he's probably put a song in your heart. Sometimes Pastor Albert will ask us to sing in the spirit or, or sing that song in your heart. He does say that. If you guys don't notice, I'm sorry. You're just behind me in the line of amazingness. I'll catch you up. So I was spending some time with the Lord, and I'm trying to figure out this unlocking imagination stuff and things. And then he starts telling me about all this stuff. Like it was this one day. Um, I don't even remember what I was doing. I think it was mowing the grass over here somewhere. And um, the Lord was talking to me about all these things that I wanted to minister on. All these crazy things. He's like, they're not that crazy, and some of them all fit together. So today you're going to hear some of this. I was hoping you would be ready to hear the, some of the stuff that God's going to share today. And I believe the Holy Spirit is here and he's moving in this place. And Lord, I just thank you for continuing to move in this place today and move about your people as you've already shown and spoken and given words to people today, Lord. I believe you continue to do that and move through me that it's not my words, that it's your words. And it's not anything creative or anything that I've thought of or anything. It's all your imagination because I am created in your image and we here today are created in your image and we want to learn from you so that we can become the bigger and better and greater church that you want us to be. The Holy Spirit told me someone here today needs to know that people at Generations Church don't walk alone. Walking alone is a choice. We don't kick you out of the pride here. We don't kick you out of our group. You could feel shunned, but that's not by me. You become a part of my home life group, it's like your family. I have some of my home life people here today. And I love them very much. It's so much fun to hang out with some of my home life people. I mean, we have people like Tracy who, you know, swore to come sometimes. Um, <clears throat> but we won't talk about that much. Um, I just have to throw her name in there every once in a while. There's someone here today, though, that needs to get back into the word of the Lord. You need to get back in the Bible. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, so I'm not just standing here. Okay. So you may be thinking, he's not talking about me, because I read the Bible. I study the Word. You need to get back in the Bible because you're one of two people. You're sitting here today, and you actually know that I'm talking to you right now. I'm telling you nothing that you don't know. You know you need to get back in the Word because you have straight away, you have kind of stopped reading it. Um, it's a nice book on your nightstand. Yours might even say Gideon's on it. Um, and you really just kind of use it when you need it, kind of like Tylenol, Advil. You know, you might come home and read a scripture. You wake up and you read the scripture of the day, but it doesn't mean anything to you. You don't meditate on it. You don't take it into your heart. You might be the other person who you study the word. You read the word. You're actually one of somebody might call you a great Christian person or a powerful person in the Lord. 
and you read the Bible and you study it and you know things and you've studied and you've studied and now you've gotten to this place where it, like I had experienced not long ago, had become stale. Remember that time you went into the pantry to get the smart pop, simply pop popcorn and somebody had already opened it and you started eating it and it was just stale? You kind of ate it anyways. I mean, <laughs> but you were like, this is not great. And what happens if you continue to do so? And you kind of forget what the freshness tastes like. You forget how good that popping that bag open and eating that fresh stuff can be. I immediately thought of Doritos. I'm not going to lie. All of a sudden, I was like popping open Doritos in my face. The smell of nacho cheddar. Cool ranch. Oh, spicy ones. Anyways, I'm going to get hungry. Uh, There's a freshness there in the Bible. I actually have some Bibles that I had, uh, Bob asked me, when do you want to do this? And I was like, I have no idea because I didn't know when it was going to happen. This is spirit moving right now. It's not my notes. My time has not started yet. I brought these Bibles. I found these Bibles. I don't own them. I'm giving them away because they're the Lord's. So I figured I can give them away. He's my dad. Uh, Year of the Bible. This is a New Testament book. If you want to read the Bible in a year, according to this book, it takes five minutes a day. I'm going to leave these here, and if at some point during the sermon today, or whenever, you want one of those, and you're going to use it and commit to using it, I'm not going to check. I have no idea. I'm going to leave them there. You can get a digital Bible. You can sign up online, and you can do all the things that you've said you've done before, but this would be real. This is going to be a real commitment. I talked to somebody earlier today who said, it's funny that you're going to do this, or that you mentioned this, because I'm going to start reading the New Testament this year, this month, like coming up. So if it's you, they're here. And if I run out, somebody has some more. There's more. So there you go. The Lord also told me something special about that third row right there yesterday when I was here. That people in seats three and four, counting this way, one, two, three, four, were going to be special people. And the Lord was going to show something to them today. There was going to be something specific to them today. The weird thing was, is I saw a piece of glitter on your chair. And as I was walking through the sanctuary yesterday doing some praying and stuff. I happened to look down and notice there was glitter in your chair, and that's how I knew that there was going to be those people in those chairs. It's kind of a weird way that, Lord, the glitter's probably still there because you can't get rid of glitter, you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't even try. I'll be honest. It's still there. But the Lord's talking to you about something. I don't, I don't yet know. You might know. Today is the day we're going to make some changes, right? If you're with me, say, sure. Amen. Whatever you want to say. Some kind of agreement is good. You can even boo because I still take that as agreement. Um, <clears throat> let's see. What Did we do all of our pictures? I think we did. Um, so I, I heard gas prices have kind of went up a little bit. I found this. Uh, in case you don't know, my name is Lauren Lindsay. I like jokes. I like to keep things light because I like to get deep, hardcore, fast in there, in your face, 
and finish as quickly as we can get through stuff, but I know sometimes it's better if it's fun. And, I mean, come on, giraffes. God's hilarious. So I saw these gas prices, and I thought, well, that sounds about right. Luckily, uh, since I don't have the truck anymore, my gas tank's pretty muy piquito. Uh, so uh, I fill up my car for like eight gallons of gas. It's amazing. Drives forever. I don't know. It's not electric. Um, another thing about that. Anyways, let's see here. So now you can start my clock. I'm going to start preaching to you now. What I did before was just, I don't know. It was just me flowing in the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 through 30 says, All things have been committed to me by the Father. One knows the Son, except, no one knows the Son except for the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take upon my yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I love reading those scriptures. I love to think about how much lighter my burden is going to be and how much better, because it says easy, that's easy is probably better, right? How much better my life's going to be because it's going to be a little easier. As much as I read about this and I think about the things about it being light, you may think you already know what I'm going to preach today just based on the scripture I read, and I have a feeling you might be shocked that it's not going the direction that you're going to think it is. I mean, it's sort of going the direction. But anyways, verse 27. I started backing the things up because I noticed something. In order for these burdens to become light, and in order for some of this other stuff, there's always seems to be like something and then promises. You know, there's blessings when you given the tithes and offerings. Does anybody agree with that? Amen. There's blessings. I don't understand those blessings. I, Pastor Albert and I have sat down and talked about it. Not sat down to like discuss it. We just happened to be sitting down. I think we were eating lunch and just happened to be talking about it. And we were discussing how blessed we are because like our bills always get paid. Even sometimes when the numbers don't work when you're doing your budget. And it all works. It doesn't. It works. But it doesn't work when you write it down. Because of the, the blessings. But because I'm a tither, because I'm a giver, because I give of my time and my finances and my energy, there's something that happens as a result of that. The world even believes in that kind of stuff. They believe in, you know, if you do something, something's going to happen. If you light a firecracker, something's going to, something. Unless it's, you know, a dead. And even a dud is something. <clears throat> so let's focus on verse 27 where it says, No one knows the Father except the Son, 
and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. What? So he needed to choose us? See, because I kind of thought I prayed this prayer and did this little ditty, and then I was like, in. And the Lord was like, boom, John 3.16, man. God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, and all that stuff, you know. And so I prayed a prayer, and now I'm accepted, and now I'm one of his kids, and, it's, and I'm done. Don't freak out. John 14.6 says, the way to heaven is only through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Our Lord Jesus Christ is himself the way to heaven. He does not merely show the way. He is the way. Salvation is only in the person of Jesus Christ. So we know that. We, some of you agreed because I got the amen right there. So let's, let's keep going. Matthew uh, 28, we're going to jump down. We're going to stay right here. This is where we're staying, kind of in this Matthew spot right now. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Hallelujah. Talk about being weary and burdened lately. Gas prices, it's just a flesh wound. They start. Um, <clears throat> who should come to him? The weary. The burdened, right? What if I was to tell you... Okay, who in this room is tired? I got a hand up over here. I got a hand up over there. I got some hands up. Okay, you can go to Christ. Because you're tired and you're burdened. Any, any burdened people here? Somebody's got like a heavy... Yep, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Those bills start packing up feeling heavy, your retirement package feeling like it's not filling up, getting big enough, gas keeps taking away from it. Maybe you can have some of this Jesus too. See, the thing is, I didn't ask you what you were tired from. Jesus doesn't put a limit on what your burden is. He doesn't put a limit on the amount of weariness you have in your body, in your mind, in your soul. He doesn't put a limit. He didn't say, come to me, but only if you are unsaved. So I can save you, you know, that's where I was going with that. He didn't say that. He did not say, come to me, but only if you're Jews, and it's on Thursday. He didn't say, Come to me. But only if it's like sort of easy for me to handle. He simply said, come. In verse 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke. Lauren, what's a yoke? Well, let me show you. I happen to have one. I used to think it looked like this. In fact, for some of you, is Truman in here? This is embarrassing if it is. Um, 
you would think, what, okay, here we go. Let me come stand out here so we can really get a look at this thing. So this is a yoke, and it's supposed to be a burden full. Doesn't really feel like it's easy. Um, it's actually upside down, just so you know. Uh, I didn't know that for a long time. Um, <clears throat> I was trying to figure out how they used it, and I was like, what in the world? You stick your head in there? My head won't fit in there, so apparently it's for bigger, smaller. Here we go, so you can get it on that side, maybe. So that's maybe Stephanie's side, and that's my side. Um, <clears throat> there's a whole other joke about, you know, being unequally yoked and all that stuff. Because this thing could get kind of crazy if you were, you know, one of you was like, one of you was like Larry and Marla, you know, it'd be like that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I hope that was okay. I didn't ask that in advance. But, you know, it'd be like that, you know, maybe. Um, so, but it's about pulling power, this thing. So the yoke actually is supposed to look like this. So they can get their heads in there, and then they hook onto the thing that they're pulling with this big honking thing. And I've got some pictures. I think I've got pictures of that. I've got some big cows. There's my yoke. It's facing the right direction. And uh, there we go. Look at those beasts, man. I call that one burger and brisket, but we'll get to a different thing with that. Um, but look at the power. That, hold that picture up there for a while. See how that pole is coming through here? And all that stuff's tied to this part right here. They got their heads in there. They're not really... Really, they're not really concerned. They're just kind of chilling in the snow, apparently. Or I think that's snow. We don't get that here, so I'm not sure what that white stuff is. Could be sand. Maybe they're in Destin. Um, <clears throat> he also said, learn from me. Jesus said that in the same, the same scripture here. He said, learn from me. What else is there to learn? What, is else, what else is there for us to do? Let's say you accept Jesus in your heart. Then what do you do? You might have created a list of things that you want to work on. Some things that you were told were sins or errors or things that you do that bother your spouse and they want you to change and they say, well, good Christians don't do that, so you should stop doing that. I'm just guessing that that could have happened to someone. Jesus said, learn from me. Verse 29. The secret that I'm going to tell you right now is Jesus is using Lauren right now to learn you. You can learn from me by listening to what I'm about to tell you. Because it's something that Jesus taught me. There are times I believe God speaks to us as the Father. Jesus speaks to us as the Son through the Holy Spirit, both through the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Holy Spirit talks to me continuously.
He said, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Some of you don't know what it's like to have a good night's sleep. Some of you have trouble remembering what it's like to have a good night's sleep. Anyone in here that has a baby, you haven't had a good night's sleep probably. But rest for your soul is something different than rest just for your body. It's kind of what I would say another level of rest. Some of you know what it's like for your mind to run and not turn off at night when you're trying to go to bed and you're thinking, I just need to get some rest. I need some sleep. It's sort of like that. Sometimes, what I heard, this is what I heard from Jesus. I'm, I'm hanging out with Jesus, and he said to me this. Sometimes you find rest in work. In work? That was my response. What? You find rest in work? That doesn't make sense. But does it? You ever meet those people that go to the, they're kind of annoying. They go to the gym, and they work out all the time, and they're all pumped up all the time, and they're excited, and they look like Doug and Debbie Piling because they're just beautiful people, you know? And they just run everywhere. And you're like, how do they have so much energy? And it's like, because we go to the gym. And it's like, yeah, but how do you get energy to go to the gym? Because we go to the gym. It's like, oh, but how do you ride your bike so far? It's like, because I ride my bike so far. Um, you know, it's like, hey, there is something about doing the work that provides the energy. There's something about doing the work that provides the rest. I mean, my mind was blown by now, so... If your mind's not, we'll get there. So, some of us need to go back to the beginning. We need to go back to reading the Bible daily. That's what they're here for. Some of us need to go back to just reading those scriptures and being in awe in the freshness of the Doritos. That makes sense? Can I use that? I just made that up. Some of you need to be in awe of the freshness that comes, I hear, daily. Something is new daily for us? I'm hoping you're popping off scriptures in your head right now of what I'm saying. That freshness should be here every day. Not because you came to church on Sunday and boom, it's fresh and oh yeah, and then tomorrow you go to work and you're like, oh, that freshness was good yesterday and I'm still running and Wednesday's here and do they have first and third Wednesday? I can't remember. I'm so tired. My soul's tired. I do feel a little bit like Ivan Tate all of a sudden. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Bob told me my hair was like distracting because I got a haircut. So let me see if I can undistract it a little bit. He didn't just tell me that now. He told me that earlier. I was going to pick on him about it, but I won't. Um, the fact that he was talking to me about my hair. I mean, I'm just talking about it. Um, anyways, there's a whole nother joke there. So, don't get distracted because we're talking about the freshness of God and how, boom, it should be every day. It should not be stale. If you are a minister and it has grown stale for you, I am so sorry. I will pray with you. I will love on you. I will find you help if it's not me. If the Lord isn't if we can't figure it out. If you are a person who is not a minister, like you don't claim to be a minister, you're not a, 
youth pastor or something amazing like Derek, um, I will still pray with you and we will find the freshness. We will look and we will search. And you can look through this Bible and do this together because other people have picked up Bibles and other people are going through this together. We are not walking alone. It's not my notes. Just extra. Some of us have gotten into the stale things. And, and the stale things at first kind of taste weird. We were talking about that, you know. And then eventually you get used to it. 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 And then every once in a while the stale thing kind of tastes like something good. Hey, that was good. Yeah, Mark 11. What's that scripture verse, Danny? You know, trust God, Mark 11. 11.22, see? He knew it. It's because we worked on it. We didn't practice that, by the way. But uh, Trust God. Simple scripture. See, we were made, designed to live off of fresh things. Not stale. Have you ever eaten something old and then felt bad or drank the milk that was a little bit like on the... And you were like, oh, that's not good. I don't feel good now. So you were made to live on the fresh things. Some of you aren't made to live on milk anymore. Is Dan Smith here? That was for you, but There's a whole thing about that. Some of you are still drinking milk. And it's not good for your tummy anymore. If you don't understand, I'm happy to talk to you about it. But our bodies, our souls, our minds were made and created to constantly be ingesting fresh, new content, things, food, energy. Because how can we be made in the image of and not be fresh and be old and gross and stale and dirty? and demented in our thoughts, and have wrong thinking, and look at wrong things on the internet, and read wrong comments, and agree with them, because you're not fresh. You got old and stale. Has nothing to do with age, by the way. Nothing. I have met people older than me, so I'm 43, so for reference, older than me, who have the freshest thoughts and processes and are so energizing to be around because they have their imagination from the Lord locked in. And it's, it's wonderful. I told you I was a car guy because I love the passion of looking at a car and seeing the lines of a Jaguar XJF and looking at the curvature and the creativeness. I love James Bond driving an Aston Martin... <laughs> And things shooting out of it that don't exist and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's cool because look at the lines. And I can imagine the smell of the extra heavy 50 weight oil they probably had to put in that thing to burn, um, you know, it's eight quarts down the road and keep it running and not leak everywhere because it's British and it's terrible. But um, it doesn't. I'm just, but I can imagine that. And as a car guy, I can think of how much I love the lines and the beauty and the smell and the, just the aroma of the smoking tires at the NHRA drag strips and the, the smell of 
alcohol fuel burning down the track when the cars blow by at, you know, 300 miles an hour in three seconds, which is just a little fast, in case you don't know. I remember being at a drag strip one time and watching a kid that was hanging on to the fence for dear life lift off of the fence as the car drove by. Top fuel dragster. And there's passion there. There's something there. There's a freshness there. They rebuild those cars all the time. Because it's got to be perfectly fresh and new and good to go. They only got to go for a short distance, so, you know. It's got to be perfect. Or else you don't win. Who wants to win? Well, I do. I don't have to be perfect. That's the cool thing. I just got to be fresh. I got to be in the freshness. I actually don't have to be the one creating the freshness. I just have to be in it. I just have to be there. I just got to show up and do my five minutes a day. Be in the freshness. I told Danny, you're welcome. I'm going to wander around. I'm going to be walking all over the place, causing all kinds of havoc. So if my microphone feeds back, it's really my own fault. But I want to be in the freshness. You've got to be in it. How do you get in it? You know what I did the other day? Yesterday. Last night. I don't know what time. Sometime. I came here. They gave me a key. This is their fault. It's really it. Um, and I laid hands on every doorway leading into the sanctuary. And I walked around in here and I prayed for every person that walks through any of these doorways, anywhere in this room, all the way around backstage, the ones that you don't even know are there. And I touched the drummer door and the, the maintenance closet door and every door because I don't want anyone to walk in here and not experience God today because of just not being prepared. And I need you guys to know that this place was blessed when you got here. This place was already rocking last night at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. The Holy Spirit was moving in here. I heard Deb say earlier today, she said, I came in this place and the Spirit was here. And I was like, yep, yeah, I know. <clears throat> I believe I play the Holy Spirit rocking thing. It literally moves stuff. I was going to go play it for you, but I don't have time. <clears throat> Let's see here. Where do we want to go now? So, this yoke is easy and this burden is light, right? What that means to me is we had a yoke before. We had burdens before. We had things. But they weren't light. They weren't easy. They were heavy. They were killers. They were going to take you down. Earlier this week, I got attacked. Physically attacked by something wanting to cause me a sinus infection. I immediately started praying for myself and laying hands on my sinuses and stuff. See, I have a little bit of allergies and stuff in the weather and the, and if it would rain, it would help me out, you know, so. <clears throat> I knew it was a sinus infection. You know, if you go talk to people, they're like, oh, what about COVID? Do you have COVID? Do you have COVID? Do you have COVID? No, I don't have COVID. I'm not that cool. I just have a sinus infection of people, like, like I have for years. Um, the doctors kind of say that I have this, like, sinus infection that never goes away. It just stays there, and then it just pops up when I want to see you, like, hey, let's party. Stopping up everything, stopping up your nose, stopping up your throat. You can't breathe. 
I found these antibiotics and steroids and other things just knocking it right out, and then I can talk. Because the other day I couldn't talk. I prayed with a gentleman over here the other day that I'd be able to use my voice and you'd be able to hear me and not be distracted. As much as you can not be distracted by me, hopefully. My haircut. Bob. Love, I love Bob. Don't you? Can you imagine? You know when Bob's not here, it's like hotter in the building? Did you know that? This is a true fact. The temperature is actually warmer when Bob's not here. I'm dead serious. It's hilarious. You'd think people get here and do what Bob does, they'd be the same. But it's not. You know why? Because it's not Bob. Imagine if God did, some, God did something in your life or someone else did something in your life. Which one's going to be cooler? See how I threw that in there? Colder, cooler, got it. If you explain it, you're just a dad telling jokes. But when God does something in your life, it's much cooler than if Scott did something in your life. Hooray for Scott paying your light bill or whatever it was that changed your life and drew you to Christ. Great job, Scott. But if God paid your light bill and you don't know where it came from, and nobody can explain to you where it came from, I'll tell you a secret. One time I looked at my bank account and there was money in there. I have no money. Don't know where it came from. Couldn't figure out when it was deposited. It was just there. Who had access to my account? I did. How did it get there? No idea. I don't know. It wasn't a large amount of money, government, so no IRS thing going on there. It was a couple hundred bucks. But it was what I needed? Are you with me? Wow, that was powerful. <laughs> some of you have decided, I'm going to do some things with this yoke that I brought to the Lord. Because the Lord said he's going to make this yoke easy and light. And Lauren can tell you it's not easy and light. And I'm going to, this is Lauren, for you single people, I don't think your yoke looks like this, but we're going to get to that in a minute. For Lauren, he was going to attach somebody else with this yoke. i got to find somebody who's equally yoked with me so I'm not like, you know, I could be like Larry and Marla. That'd be okay. That'd be all right. But I needed this, someone that could pull with the same power. That's what it's about. You need somebody who can stand next to you like these guys, steady, strong, ready to go. You need somebody who can be there with you. And some people have gotten married thinking, I just don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be lonely. I'm kind of lonely. I don't want to be lonely. I'm afraid. Can anyone tell me here if marriage solves loneliness? It does not. If you're lonely, it's because you're missing something. You're missing something. I'm, I'm literally pointing at the Bibles. Um, you're missing something, in case you were literally missing something. You're missing something that is Jesus. And you're like, but I accepted Jesus. But you need more Jesus. So there's something that Lauren does at home life, apparently, because they tell me that I do it. And I'm going to tell you about it is, if there's ever something in your life that you can't handle, you just pour more Jesus on it. Because if you put enough Jesus in something, that's the only thing that can be in there. 
And Jesus can do what? Help you with your burdens? You need to go back to the start. You need to go back to the Bible. Jesus said, come to me and let me introduce you to my Father. Jesus says, I am the way. So back in verse 27, that's what I was telling you. In verse 27, what I read is Jesus saying, come and let me introduce you to my Father. Because your soul needs rest. I'm going to help you with stuff. The Holy Spirit's going to help you with stuff. And my Father is here too. And look at what he did with for me. This is what Jesus is saying. You're like, but he's saying that before he died on the cross. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Jesus said, come and let me introduce you to my father. The Lord showed me something crazy the other day. I was talking to him about these exact scriptures and a message that I was preparing. Because I was preparing my messages. They're in here. There's messages in here. You probably won't see them, but they're in there. And the Holy Spirit said to me something that I found interesting. He said, you're missing a huge part to this story. But I want to show you what God wants you to see. And I was like, me? No, his people need to see this, Lauren. I want to show you the part of the story that the people need to see. My people. God's people, generations, church people. I was like, whoa. I'm just trying to mow the grass here. Zero turn. You mow it like this. Sorry. It looks like I'm fighting a midget or something. Um, sorry. Um, <clears throat> how the yoke is easy and the burden is light is what he wants to show you. He told me, Lauren, you're using your mind and your collective thoughts and all the things that you have training and you've been ministering and you've done this and you're doing all this stuff and you're thinking, I understand, Lord, because you've taught me all this stuff and all these things and everything. And he's like, no, you're using your imagination, not mine. It's okay to use your imagination. You need to use it. You need to exercise it because you're made in his image and you need to know how it works. You need to know how your mind works. You need to read and learn and study and grow each and every day because of about the new freshness thing. You know, you need to be in that. We're made in his image. The Lord reminded me of something that had become a little bit important to me about five years ago. A little humble pecan. This is where the story is going to go sideways, so maybe. <clears throat> I have it in my pocket. Is that okay if I pull it out? I'm not pulling out anything threatening, hopefully, unless you were attacked by pecans as a child. This might be extremely scary. I put it in my wallet so I wouldn't lose it because it's little. It's this little pecan right here. Strangely, Lawrence had this for about five years. It's not my AA pen or something. It's just a pecan. I found it on a farm. It was not a pecan farm. It's kind of weird. I was in a barn looking through some, um, I always hate this word, chaff, you know? Do you know what that is? It's like all the leftover stuff. And I found this pecan. And it started me down this crazy road, asking questions. 
because that chaff had been through a giant nutcracker with this pecan in it that's not cracked or fractured or broken. In fact, it's kind of in good condition for me and it's getting a little old. I don't know exactly how old it is. This pecan has been tested. This pecan was sent to be broken. It was supposed to be cracked so that someone could get to the fruit inside. But something happened, and I found this in this giant pile of cracked stuff. There was leftover shells. There was pecan insides just laying everywhere like a massacre. I pictured like a crazy movie where they're crushing pecans, like, yeah, take that, pecans. And this guy was sitting in there. This pecan survived what would probably be the most horrific event you could think of. All of its family members and things that were around it, I can imagine, were ripped apart, crushed, broken, smashed, obliterated. Some of them you may have consumed in a pie. You're, you're terrible people. Follow me at this. I did eat some of its family members, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this little pecan, it never gave up. It didn't quit. I'm pretty sure this pecan saw some stuff. I like to think it did. It got beat on. Oh, trust me, it had to have, right? It was in the storm, it was in the violence, it was in the middle. Scott said earlier, what do you do when, you know, you're attacked with fire? You know, you don't fight fire with fire. Is that what you said? I immediately thought of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, you just stand there and let the fire happen. Because you're not consumed. You're in the new freshness. Fire doesn't touch you. You fight like Daniel in the lion's den. Hey, kitty, kitty. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Don't eat this pecan. It's mine. Here you go, kitty, kitty. This pecan could have ended up like everyone else. Smashed, obliterated, in something tasty. It got beat on. That's got to be, I mean, that's for sure. But what made this one different when all of its world was cracking and exploding around it? How did this little nut survive? So I asked God, what do I do and how do I talk about this to the people of the church or this five six years ago something like that i heard nothing zero i didn't hear anything lord how do i talk to people about this crazy nut thing that you're telling me about because that makes me sound like a nut nothing no words just zero he told me other things i mean my journey in christ didn't stop that day me and the holy spirit have been hanging out and doing a lot of stuff he just didn't answer my question. So, we have this yoke. This was another thing the Lord was talking to me about. These yokes. 
and they're packed with burdens. They got things. There, there's, there's something here, right? Because what's the point of having a yoke if it's not attached to something? You got to be pulling something. Why does it matter if you're not equally yoked if there's nothing to be yoked to? Why does it matter? There's burdens there. When you came to Christ, you had burdens. If you haven't come to Christ yet, you still have time today, right now. But when you came to Christ, you brought something with you. You were attached to the yoke. And you might not yet have had the opportunity to find out that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You might have heard those words and thought, great, I'm going to put this down because it's heavy. And show me that yoke, Lord. Give me that new yoke. Where's that yoke at? And like my pecan, you didn't hear anything. And you thought, well, I still got things to do. So I got to get my yoke on so that I could do the things that you want me to do, right? I'm going to kick some of the sin off here. Let me put some of that sin off there. Stop looking at the things I was looking at. Maybe I'll stop doing those things. Cussing. I'm going to take those cuss words off. I mean, every once in a while we'll put them back on just, you know, for traffic's sake. But, you know, we're going to keep those things off. You can think about your burden right now. You can think about those sins that you took off your yoke. And you, you were trying to make things easier. You're trying to make things light. You're trying to make things the way Christ would have you make things. You're trying to do the right thing. So what else did you do? You added to. You said, oh, I'm going to tithe. Put that over here. Tithing is good. Now I've got blessings, and I'm going to put those on here. And I'm going to start helping out at the church, and I'm going to put that on here too. And I'm going to carry that with me now. And the Lord told me, he said, Lauren, the thing people want to need to understand is my yoke doesn't look like that. <laughs> and I was like, what? What do you mean? It's a yoke. He's like, no, it looks like this. And I was like, what are you talking about? I said, Lauren, my yoke doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like that. That's what the world's yoke looks like. That's what your yoke looked like when you started. How are you now different? Jesus uses these words in the Bible. How do we know that we're different? How do you know that you are different? Because it's this. It's not that. This is his yoke being easy and light. It's not that. When you put down something, you're not supposed to pick it back up and carry it around with you. In this scenario, it's not what we're talking about. It's supposed to be this new thing. Because God created what? New creations? Whenever you accept Jesus into your heart, you're a new creation, right? You're not the old creation. There's a lot of like, cool stories and metaphors about like, you're this old chair and then you're like re-varnished into a new chair. And some people are like, no, you're like a completely new wooden chair. And I'm like, no, you're a pecan. You're completely different. Because how else could it be lighter? How else could it be easy? Jesus says, I am the way. The nice and wonderful things are not the way. Doing good deeds and doing great things are not the way to heaven. They're not the way to the Father. They're not the ways that make you stronger. And yeah, 
there's some things you could do to make yourself a better person. I'll tell you about those one day. You want to go to lunch? We could talk specifically about things that will make you a better person, not about things that make me a better person. We'll just talk about you. <laughs> I'm joking, but, you know. Um, <clears throat> the Lord wants you to know you only need to think about the strength that you find. Because there's strength. All the world crashed. All the world broken. Everything was obliterated. I stood in the mess and found this. Everything else was destroyed. But there's strength. Because I believe there's a hidden strength inside. If you're not hiding that strength, if you're not putting, you don't have to hide it, but if you're not putting that strength back in, if you're not filling yourself up, if you're not pouring and adding more Jesus to yourself daily, your yoke is going to look a lot like this one. And I'm sorry if it does. Guess what? It doesn't have to anymore. You can leave your yoke today. You leave it here. We'll clean them all up later. Mr. Dan will take care of it. For some of you today, this might not be as freeing as it was for me. But the point I hope you see today is that his yoke for you, his burden to share, may just be different than you've ever imagined. Some of you may still be trying to carry your own burdens that you brought to Christ years ago. But you can loose those today. You can see, or you might not see, the things that God has done in me in the last two years. I went on a vacation October a year and a half ago. So October is a new anniversary for me. The Lord set me free from some things that I had been carrying along with me on the stupid yoke. Because I was being a good Christian and I was doing the right things and, you know, I didn't know that there were things on hanging on the yoke. There were still things. It didn't look like this. Look at that. In the last two years, the Lord has rocked me hardcore, like AZDC concerts. Because I started something different. I started just getting rid of the old things, the whole thing. Start new. Start fresh. Open the Bible daily. You know what? If you don't open the Bible tomorrow, and you're like, oh, I've got to wait till Lauren speaks next time to start again. No. Because there's grace. But you do have to start. God wants us to not just be a church here. He wants us to be a better church. I heard those exact words. Generations Church will be a better church. And he wasn't saying better than the church down the road. He was saying we will become greater, better. But there's something we have to do, Lauren. So that I heard. We have to train. We have to work, exercise. We have to work out. We got to get in to this freshness. God wants us to not be the same old church. 
Here's the tough one. Some of you have been here for a while and you remember the good old days. The good old days are still ahead. You're remembering something that maybe was good. And it might have been a while ago, so it's old. <laughs> but the good old days are ahead of us. I think as Ivy sings a song about that, the latter will be greater than your past or something. Sometimes he sings. So if you've been here for a long time and you're thinking, good old days, they're gone. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. I don't even know what a handbasket is. I mean, I think I know what a handbasket is, but our hands in the basket, like that's what I picture, a bunch of hands in a basket. It's kind of creepy. I wish they'd stop saying that. Basket of hands. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that's all I picture. That's why I've got a weird imagination. God wants us to be the better church. What does that look like for you? That looks like staying involved. That looks like getting into the groove of things and getting rid of the old things, taking off and forgetting and moving away from the old things. We may never forgive everybody all at once, but we can forget the things that are not necessary and we can move on. And we can leave things behind that keep us from moving forward. There is junk hanging in your trunk that you need to get rid of because it's just there and it's dragging you down. You know what's good for gas mileage? Empty cars. <laughs> less weight, less restriction, less government oversight. Oh, sorry. Oh, I mean, what was that? It's all the stuff. Get rid of all the stuff. Stop trying to be a good Christian. Whoever preaches that message. Because sometimes you're putting things on that are not for you to do. The Lord showed me through this time period, I was doing something great for a ministry. I was helping them with some stuff. I was taking a lot of my time. I was taking a little bit of time. I was taking time away from my family. I was taking time away from other things. It was good for a ministry. Lauren, you're awesome. Thank you so much for helping us. It's amazing. It's so good. It's so good. What you do is amazing. Yay. Woohoo. And I was like, yes, I'm doing great things from the Lord. And he said, what? What things are you doing? That's not for you to do. Those things are not your things. Why are you miserable? I was like, I am kind of miserable. Is this the devil talking to me? Because the devil wants us to be miserable, right? He'd be like, you're miserable. No, it was the Lord telling me, Lauren, wake up. You're miserable because you're trying to do these things. You're not trying to do the things that I asked you to do. You're not following me. You're following Christianity. You're following something because you're a nice person and somebody asked you to do something and so you're trying to do something nice. So we're going to get Tracy saved today, and then um, we're going to make sure that we get these burdens off of us and stop trying to do this alone. We're doing this as a family unit. This is not Lauren attacking you. This is Lauren attacking himself and all of us going together and saying, look, 
We need to be better. We need to be stronger. We need to move away from the things that we've been trying to do and look like the church that God wants us to be in the future. There is nothing more revolutionary for churches that are trying to grow and trying to be and do and do the good things, but to do things that no one has ever done before and no one's ever heard of. Sometimes people will ask, but what church does it that way? And it's like, we do it that way. Why are we looking at other churches? Follow what God is doing. You probably need to be in a home life group. I'm throwing that in there. There's some home life groups out there. Not all of you are in it. I just know that. So, iron sharpens iron. I learned from my home life group. We rub off on each other. We talk to each other. Sometimes when I start ministering to somebody in the home life group or somebody starts ministering, it finds out, we start finding out it's for other people in the room too. Other people start feeling the Holy Spirit move. I'm about to close, but I'm going to be up here. I'm going to be moving and doing whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do. You all may leave and have a great lunch and all that. I'm going to pray for you, so don't get up yet. But if you want me to pray for you, if there's something you want, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here. Because I feel like the Holy Spirit is still doing things in your life. And I hope you took away something different. And you're not leaving here with that yoke. It goes in my office. I'm serious. Um, but you're taking this one. Take something new today. Stop living in the old, stale scriptures. Move into that new freshness. Some of you, I'm going to, I just feel like I need to say this. Some, someone is thinking about home life. And when you think about home life, you're thinking, I don't really need to be there because I don't need to talk about what we talked about on Sunday. I don't need to minister and read. I can do it on my own. I, I'm ministering and reading on my own. I don't need me to be at home life. I need you to be at home life for me. Rich and June came to our home life group once or twice, multiple times, not just one time, sorry. You know what I mean. They came. They ministered to me, them being there. The Mendiolas come to my home life. We have a seat called Ed's seat <laughs> at my house still. Nobody sits there. And it ministers to me when they're there. I, it, I'm, I'm missing when they're not there. I'm a home life leader because I feel it is necessary for our church to move forward. We need to have home life groups. So I have to do it. I don't feel like there's an option. And I tell the Holy Spirit all the time, thank you for letting me do it because I get to do it. I thought about it last night. I was like, I get to play bass today. I get to minister and preach today. I think I still get to lock up the building today. And I want to do it. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you're doing in this place today, for moving about and launching your people into fresh revelation knowledge. Lord, I thank you for healing hearts and minds today and for opening up these imaginations and allowing us to see fresh perspective of life today. Lord, continue to heal your people. Continue to show them new and exciting things today. 
And as we draw nearer to you, hold us closer and lead us. Send us in the right direction. Send us out where we need to go. That we forever will know your voice and not let your words ever become stale again. In, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If something like that is ministered to you, if something you need prayer, you need anything, um, I'm going to have some prayer peoples come up. Uh, so they'll be there. I'm going to be up here. Um, there's still Bibles here. I have more. Um, but uh, as we go about and we're going out into the world today, as always, be kind, be loving, be like Jesus. It's easier than you think because you're created in God's image. Lord, I bless you today. I thank you for sending us out of this place with what we needed. Let my words fall away and your words stick in our minds and our hearts today. Thank you, Father. Feel free to go out today and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.